This is the Epilog Audio Experience. The language and content on this podcast may be unsuitable for certain audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to History Chatter. In the last episode, I'd been talking about how badminton came to New York. as early as 1878 and also about why badminton in new york and at large in the united states did not quite take off as a matter of fact these two are um, connected with the story that i told you last week this week um let's talk about another beginnings but a more beautiful beginning of uh, a fairy perhaps when we talk of a fairy uh, one image that uh, leaps up to our mind immediately is that of uh, the rolls royce fairy now how did that story begin how did um, the rolls royce company take off as a matter of fact it's the combination of two very different characters the two men who met over lunch at the grand central hotel in manchester sometime in early 20th century 1904 as a matter of fact uh, and that was the dawn of the age of motor car so these two characters who met for lunch in manchester could not be more different from one another there was cs rolls rolls was an old etonian he was 26 a highly adventurous character he came from a very rich Monmouthshire landed gentry family. He was enthusiastic, very likable, had a passion for speed and machinery. He studied mechanical engineering at Cambridge. As a matter of fact, he won a half blue in Cambridge for bicycle racing and bought himself a three point seven five horsepower Peugeot. the most powerful car at the time he was a motor racing enthusiast and also um into ballooning in 1900 he won the 1000 miles reliability trial that made him the best known auto carist yes that's what a car enthusiast was called at the time an auto carist the best known auto carist in england in 1903 rolls and another partner claude johnson set up a company to import and sell foreign cars but in his heart of hearts rolls wanted to give his name to an english car which would be uh, the very best in the world the other man rolls was meeting for lunch that day in manchester was henry royce 
He was 14 years older. He was 40 at the time. He was big, bearded, and solidly built, and workaholic, a perfectionist, who had come up the hard way. He was no ordinary man, but a man of exceptional ingenuity and power of overcoming difficulties. Rolls himself said that, actually. Of Cambridgeshire farming stock, he came from a farming family around Cambridgeshire. His father was a struggling miller. He had begun to earn money as a paper boy selling newspapers since he was nine years old. Somehow he managed himself an education at a night school and took an engineering apprenticeship. He started an electrical engineering business in Manchester before starting to design and build his own car. His car made an excellent impression for speed and reliability on another autocarist named Henry Edmonds. Now, Henry Edmonds knew Charles Rolls and more or less dragged him, Rolls, to meet Royce in Manchester. The two men took to each other almost instantly and agreed to form the Rolls-Royce car company. Rolls was so delighted with Royce's quiet little two-cylinder car that he borrowed it on the spot, drove it back to London, woke Claude Johnson up in the middle of the night and insisted on giving him a ride in it. By the end of 1904, the first Rolls Royces were appearing with the characteristic radiator, which would become the world's best known symbol of supreme motoring excellence. Claude Johnson ran the company as managing director. Royce designed and built the car and Rolls put them in the public eye. In 1906, he won the tourist trophy race in the Isle of Man at an average speed of 39 miles per hour. Despite the attention of a swarm of bees and the rival Napiers, Daraks, Minervas, and Errol Johnstons, that year, Rolls-Royce produced a luxury six-cylinder car, which was called the Silver Ghost. And the Silver Ghost ran so smoothly, a glass of water could stand on the engine without spilling. Let me repeat, the Silver Ghost ran so smoothly that a glass of water could stand on the engine without spilling. The length of it, the silence, the stately form of it. Royce's biographer wrote, and I quote, were beyond anything the motoring world had ever known. For 16 years, it was the only model 
Rolls-Royce built. So the Silver Ghost was at the time the best-selling car of the world in the early 20th century. Rolls-Royce, the company, of course, uh, moved on to be a behemoth. It went into engine manufacturing. It went into um, aeronautics. And by the Second World War and later, it would emerge as one of the most uh, famous and best-performing automobile companies in the world. Even today, a Rolls-Royce is known as another name for luxury. But do please remember that excellence, fairy tale excellence, was built by the partnership of two very different men. As the saying goes, and every stereotype has a grain of truth in it, unlikely partners probably make some of the time the very best partners. So that's about it in this episode of History Chatter. I'll be back with another fairy tale story which would nonetheless be true. Looking forward to seeing you next week. This is your friend Anirban signing off. Do subscribe to History Chatter in Epilogue Media website and other platforms in which it's available and up. 